Hey, hey, it's Coach Dr. Kim. I started this journey after having a stroke at the age of 36 years old. Since that time, I have moved forward with helping people live their best life, and I haven't turned back. This show is about learning to be present, open, and intentional in every area of your life. Keep listening to hear what I've been thinking, and be sure to rate, subscribe, and review. Last week on the show, we talked about illusions at work and how everything on the surface can be going just fine. But when you peel back the layers, there's so much more. So that led me to do a poll on LinkedIn. And that poll had some options that were leaning more toward focusing on resilience. But by far, the answers and preferences for content were more on working in toxic work environments. People wanted to know more about how to operate in those environments and what to do when you want to get out of those environments. So today on the show, I want to focus on looking at what exactly is a toxic work environment. So let's get started. So what is a toxic work environment? Why even start with a definition? People define toxic in very many different ways. And people have different thresholds for what toxic is. I mean, we are all different and diverse, and that's a good thing. Yet, words matter, and we don't want to just throw them around and label every situation as toxic. So if you want to think about the general definition of toxic, it is very harmful or unpleasant in a pervasive or insidious way. So the general definition is broad. And If you take person A, they may have a low threshold for negative stress. That's not a bad thing. It's just who they are. And so negative stress can be harmful to their psyche and unpleasant. And it can be pervasive. And so that person may need to work in a certain environment that allows them to thrive. But you take person B in that same environment may just be fine. It may actually help them feel a certain level of pressure and push to get things done. Whereas person B may be in a different environment and that higher pressure is just also very harmful and unpleasant and pervasive or insidious. And so if you take the general definition of toxic, it is a spectrum. It may not apply from one person to another. And so we can't, in my opinion, look at it from that high level superficial perspective. And that means that there's a difference between normal annoyances of the job. So any job most likely is going to have its highs and lows, its up and downs. And there's going to be times where your boss, your coworker, the customer, or whomever it may be is going to get on your nerves. That is people, that is life. And so the little annoyances is not what we're necessarily talking about here. This is not for the everyday stress of the workplace. And that's what we want to focus on when we're speaking about toxic workplaces. Think about harassment, bullying, bias, prejudice, structural issues that impede work outcomes that people are not able to overcome. Maybe they see it and they refuse to do anything about it. 
those types of things that you just constantly feel like you're hitting a brick wall and folks are just status quo, things as usual, we're fine, we are going to crash and burn one day, but it's okay, we're just going to keep on pushing, or we're just going to use our power to enforce the way things are going, and it doesn't matter what everyone else thinks around us. If you work in that environment, you know exactly what I'm talking about because you have felt it. I have coached clients through it. I have worked in those types of environments before. And so I'm going to give you some indicators of workplace culture that will prompt you to think about whether your workplace is toxic or not, and then you can reflect on those during and after this episode, and we'll continue to talk about this over the coming weeks. So I scoured the internet and looked for some indicators of workplace culture that lean toward toxicity, and I found some that spoke to me. Of course, the ones that I found and compared, they had similarities, but these were pretty good, and um, they're from 2020, and the source is M-Train Work place culture diagnostic and they use two and a half million data points from over 40,000 employees at 125 companies. It was actually collected from 2019 to 2020 and so I want to give them credit for their data collection. So just stick with me. It's going to be some numbers and I will go at a reasonable pace but I want you to really listen to them. And so on the organizational side they found that 38% of employees cite that in their company, there is a us versus them mentality. And that is the greatest source of conflict in their organization. And so when you have us versus them, you're either in the in group or the out group. So what is that? That's a click. And so if you have clicks, if you're not in the in group, you don't know what's going on. You don't have the information and you're operating in the dark. And that can be disastrous for company culture because you have employees that are making decisions or doing their work without all the information. It can seem like it is a good idea to do that for the ones who are in the in-group, except for the people in the out-group can't do their best work and they're alienated, they're frustrated, and eventually they will leave, which causes a retention problem. Rapid turnover or any turnover in high numbers is expensive. Bringing people in, recruiting, training, all of that is far more expensive than retaining employment. And so having that in-out group dynamic like that is very, very, very bad for an organization and is not a financially sound practice if you need to have money to motivate you to have a good workplace culture. Another one to think about is the power dynamics of an organization. 20% of employees indicate that the organization is one that uses authority to get their way. And so you have leaders in the organization that do bad things, whatever bad means to you, but because they're in charge, they get away with it. They are like, I am the boss, I can do whatever I want, and nobody can do anything about it. That might be akin to a dictatorship. Maybe that's a little harsh, but if you are in charge, you can do whatever you want. That 
is a problem. It is also not a safe workplace because people beneath the leader will be afraid to speak up and point out errors. Again, not an organizationally sound structure. The next one is norms and practices. So this is, you know, the things you do. So does everyone gather at the coffee machine? Do they go to lunch together? Do you wear the local football team's shirts on Fridays? Whatever your practices are in your organization. Do you have barbecues in the summer? Those are the types of things that companies do to build community. According to this survey, only 53% of employees strongly agree that those norms are well understood in their workplace. And that may seem like, well, we just come to work to get our work done and we leave. You can do that. You can certainly do that. Yet in previous episodes, I've talked about connection. Human beings are people of connection. When we're under stress, our brains excrete hormones that have us crave connection. If we override that, it decreases our ability to be productive. And by nature, we are communal. We Not all of us have that natural personality trait. And some of us are introverts, some of us are extroverts. Yet under stress, bringing us together can be beneficial, especially in a company. Now, on the people side, like not the organizational, but the individual people side, there are some individual things that can signal a toxic workplace. And these will sound pretty obvious when I lay them out. The first is unconscious bias. I know some folks are tired of hearing that. We got to talk about it. If we don't talk about it, there's nothing we can do about it. And those are learned stereotypes that influence our judgment about others. When I say unconscious bias, let me be clear. I'm not talking about prejudice. Although there are folks that are prejudiced, racist. Well, first of all, I meant to say I'm not talking about racist, overt racist. Yet there are people who have that issue as well. But in this survey, only 32% of employees strongly agree that they can be their authentic selves at work. I'd like to say evolved selves at work. We want people to be themselves at work. It is, in fact, my belief that you can be yourself at work, but there are some things that you do at home you cannot do at work. Let's be honest. So you need to come to work and meet the code of conduct and company standards and be your evolved self I, at home with my daughters, I'm silly because they're teenagers and that's what we do. I can't do that at work. And I know that. So at home, that is my authentic, true self. And be somebody that you're not and switch your brain to a whole nother area and tap into a persona like an alter ego. Then that gets exhausting. The second one is social intelligence. The ability to recognize and negotiate the social dynamics of the workplace. Only 42% of employees strongly agree that they see the skill of empathy from their colleagues. So it is often the case that people believe if they empathize, that they agree with you or that they are condoning your behavior. This is a falsehood. If you tell me something and I think, well, that's stupid, that's your fault. Empathy may be simple as saying, wow, that sounded really hard for you. Can I do anything to help? 
that doesn't mean like oh i mm, i'm girl that was that was so stupid of him or wow you wrecked your car want to commiserate or agree with the behavior you just acknowledge that the person had that happen to them and you don't even have to offer help you can just acknowledge it and show concern in the moment and that is empathy and that is social intelligence and the last one is pre-existing mindset sets diverse viewpoints of acceptable behavior 29 percent of employees have left a job because of workplace conflict this perhaps I don't know. That seems like a low percentage to me. We we might have to dig deeper into that one because pre-existing mindsets seems like one that would just be a big issue in a workplace, especially for new incoming employees who want to shake things up, be innovative, try new things if there's old workplace culture. And when they present new ideas, they get shut down or they're just not welcome. And that could be an issue for diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, it could be, which downstream has impacts on innovation and downstream has impacts on outcomes. That's just like Pandora's box. It just opens up a load of issues. And so these are some indicators to reflect on This is informational, not necessarily what you can do about it just yet. I am in the process of outlining a mini course on some strategies on moving forward after you identify a workplace that's toxic. But we got to start with defining. If you don't know what you're working with, then what are you going to do with it? So I think that's enough for today. It was a lot. And so I'll just leave it there, let it marinate. And that's what I've been thinking. To schedule a session with Kim, visit www.kimregis.com where you can learn more about her. You can also book a free life coaching consultation. Find the link to her book, Meeting Just Fine, A Life-Changing Encounter, available on Amazon.com. View her TED style talk and download useful resources. Tune in next week for more I've Been Thinking, Cam's Coaching.